we really see artificial intelligence as a way to enhance people's well-being while helping banks build a more resilient business model as customers demand more and more of them. You're listening to Payments Innovation, a podcast dedicated to helping business leaders navigate today's global digital economy. Looking to learn about the latest innovations within fintech and payments? You've come to the right place. Let's get into the show. Welcome to another episode of the Currency Cloud Payments Innovation Podcast. This is your host, Jeff Forkin, and I'm delighted to be joined by Natalie Cartwright from fin.ai. They're doing some exciting things over there, and we're, we're really glad to have her on the podcast with us to share share some of the background. So Natalie, why don't I kick it over to you, and you can just give the audience a background on yourself and a little bit about fin.ai, and we'll, we'll move on from there. Great. Thanks so much for having me, Jess. My background is not a traditional background for someone who runs a tech company. I used to work with the United Nations. I last lived in Geneva, where I managed a $250 million investment portfolio for an organization called the Global Fund to Fight HIV, TB, and Malaria, and mostly spent my time in low- and middle-income countries looking at national programs. So what that did do was give me a really good sense of what different markets look like when it comes to finances and also um, get an understanding of how technology evolves differently in different places. Today, I'm the co-founder and chief operating officer at FinAI. We build virtual financial assistance for banks. So basically, we make it easy for customers to be able to speak to their banks through a virtual assistant as if it's a human. And that allows them to be able to get information more easily, to be able to ask different types of questions, and to be able to do a lot of self-service. So today, we're live across four continents. And the mission of our company is to help improve the financial well-being of 100 million people by 2025. We really see artificial intelligence as a way to enhance people's well-being while helping banks build a more resilient business model as customers demand more and more of them. Great. And so what are some of the big developments across the financial services AI world? I know AI is a huge buzzword these days. Uh, I think there's still a lot of ambiguity around you know, how it actually is going to be deployed. So could you maybe dive into the details of, of your services and, and how these virtual assistants, how you create them, I guess, from a technology perspective? And then, you know, what are their true values? Maybe some examples that are, are, are in place in the real world today. Absolutely. And you're totally right. AI today is a really big buzzword. There's lots that's going on in the space that can mean all kinds of different things. And the way that I like to think about it from a business perspective, it's really what you're doing is you're taking a very large amount of data, you're putting it through some kind of algorithm, neural network, and ultimately you get a prediction. That prediction can be around where they're likely to be fraud. That prediction can be around what's the next best product for a customer. Or what we do is we make a prediction about what someone is trying to ask for or say to their bank. So that type of artificial intelligence is called natural language processing. And you see it Fairly often in your life these days, if you've got an Alexa or Google Home or use Siri, that's natural language processing, either be through voice or through text. Mm -hmm. So what we do is we have a natural language processing model that we have built uh, fit for purpose for retail banking, where we can understand where people are, what people are asking to their bank, whether it's around something they would call in for the call center, whether it's around understanding products. And something that's really interesting is what we see is people are more willing to have conversations with a virtual assistant about some of the more difficult pieces of financial well-being, like, I can't pay my credit card this month, what should I do? And so we help drive those conversations. 
And really the value that we see is one, we can enable more conversations. Two, we can decrease some of the high volume, low value things that often happen. And then when appropriate, we hand off to a human where they're very good at having conversations that require empathy or that require more complexity. Wow. Yeah. That's really interesting that you're seeing that the end customers are more willing to talk about the difficult things with the AI rather than a real person. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, we're still understanding exactly how that ends up playing out, but it makes sense, right? Who wants to walk into a bank and say, ask a question about, I don't know what a credit score is. We feel like we should know those things, but actually if you look at financial literacy rates globally, whether it's in North America or Europe or any other place, they're exceptionally low. People have a very, very low baseline understanding of fundamental principles of finances, like interest rates, like debt, like credit scores. And it's not surprising because we don't learn about it in school. We don't learn about it. Most parents don't know enough about it to teach their, their children. And there's a really big opportunity for the financial services sector to take on the role of really being a financial coach for everyone. And in fact, they do. If you happen to be the wealthiest you know, few percent with your financial institution, you will definitely have a person who helps you manage your money. It's just that that's really difficult to scale in a cost-effective way. So artificial intelligence can allow us to do that at scale. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I mean, when you think about it, you know, what do you, what is a person typically going to do if they have, you know, personal financial sensitive question? They're going to probably Google it. They might even throw themselves into an incognito browser because they don't want Google to know. So, <laughs> and the real holy grail. So there's a few principles of artificial intelligence. Right now, we're kind of at what I like to call the sort of flip phone stage of mobile phones for artificial intelligence or the Yahoo stage of the internet. It's really an early stage of artificial intelligence in a consumer-facing way. Artificial intelligence has been around for a long time, but now we're starting to see it really have practical applications and we're using it day to day. And one of the core principles as as we see more and more of it enter our lives is that we should get really good at predicting things before they happen. And so as a financial institution, the real goal is how do we help people before they have to go incognito on Google. What do I do because I can't pay my credit card? Right. Banks have an incredible amount of our sensitive data. They know everything that you buy. They can see your cash flow. There's, that's a great, great data source. And that's a great opportunity to leverage artificial intelligence to say, hey, you know, looks like you might be starting to get into trouble or you're doing a great job or helping people manage that through. So uh, we find that often the artificial intelligence teams within banks are the ones who are looking at, those, at that personal data of the day-to-day. And then we can drive the conversation around how do you actually communicate that to a customer? How do you have that conversation? How do you help nudge them towards better behavior? How do you congratulate them when they're doing well? Yeah, that really that's that's a good point. It gets me into kind of a, a good segue, I guess, is the data. I guess AI is data is so important to AI. So can you tell me a little bit more about how Finn.ai is harnessing the data of the financial institution to I guess understand what these questions are that they're gonna be asked and 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 with through that data, are you actually helping the financial institution, I guess, monetize or, or how, how is it working uh, with the data yeah. utilization? Yeah. So banks have a lot of sensitive data that's very, very valuable to them. Often it's referred to as personally identifiable information, information that can somehow trace it back to you or their financial, the financial data. We don't touch any of that data. Banks, they're really good at security, risk and compliance. That data stays with them. That's not something that we're interested in. The data that we're interested in is how you actually speak to your bank when you're chatting with them, either on the phone or when you're chatting through them with text. The data that we have as a company is when you ask through text, what's my balance? How many different ways do people say that? How many typos are there? So do I have enough money to pay this? 
that's really a question around what's my balance. Okay. So it's non, it's not really sensitive data, but that data yeah. does not exist en masse at most banks today. So we can take that non-sensitive data, we can aggregate it into one data model across all of the different banks that we have so that we can create a more robust model than any individual bank could have on their own. And we can also, that also means that when we start working with a new bank, we can get them started with a virtual assistant on day one because we have a model with thousands of user intents that are pre-mapped. All those intents are pre-trained with also thousands of intents. And we're continually looking at what's happening. So an example we had recently was that we saw that there was a big spike in people asking about technical issues with one of our banks. And in fact, they had an outage, but it was the virtual assistant that caught that first. And we were able to notify the bank that they had an issue that's going on. So we can also monitor those conversations. But we're always working in partnership with bank where they might be serving us up an API with a nudge that they want to send or a warning that they want to send. And then we're doing the conversation. So we leave the really sensitive data with the banks who are interested in holding that data and analyzing that data. Okay. And to, to choose it, we like to work with that data that we really see the natural language processing and dri uh, driving that engine as a commodity over time. But it's really important that it's specific to retail banking because we've built it out so that we can understand the difference between credit score and credit card or that we, we really are familiar with the language around retail banking. Got it. I see. Yes. Yeah. So it's really just the language of how consumers or, or businesses even just ask questions to the financial institutions. Are the financial institutions actually harnessing the questions to, and then harnessing their own the sensitive data to come back and say, okay, so you're asking about your credit card. Well, we actually have, we see that you qualify by your credit score for this deal. Are they doing that? Or how do you, how does that, how is that evolving? I guess, do you see? Yeah, so with virtual assistants today, we really see four use cases that work for the end user and deliver an ROI for the bank. So those are around digital self-service, helping people be able to answer on their own those really low-value, high-frequency questions that often go to the call center and you have to wait online for for 15 minutes, things like mm -hmm. updating your password, basic information about your account. So really those, those things that you might call in for that you really want to be able to do yourself or you just need a little bit of direction in terms of how you do yourself. The right. second use case that we see today is just around understanding products and getting recommendations on products that are a fit for you, which ideally should not just be what banks we work with aren't just thinking about what, how do I make the most margin, but really what's a fit based on the information that you give us that we help you work through and what we know about you. Mm -hmm. The third is smarter money management, which is getting really towards the heart of what this will be over time, which is the financial coach. What is a credit score? How are you doing on spending? How do we help set up some success metrics for you? And then the fourth is around fraud management, which is something that happens infrequently to people. But when it does, it can be very devastating and can be very difficult to, to manage in real time. So virtual assistants are great for helping deal with it in real time, but also coach you through what you need to do and, and how you need to work through it. So today, that's where we see most of the value coming from, from virtual assistants. But over time, what we should see is that as payments and as um, all of these kind of more transactional banking functions disappear, it's financial institutions will become more and more of a personal financial coach for everyone. Mm -hmm. And this should be able to help predict what's going on in your financial life and nudge you in the right direction and also provide you a very high level of personalization around what you should do, not as you know, a man between the ages of 20 and 40 who lives in X city, but as Jeff, who is X age and has X mortgage and um, hmm. to be able to help you with much more granularity given the specifics of your financial picture. Hmm. 
Yeah, it definitely makes sense. I mean, I, I love the apps where they can kind of just spit out a retirement plan for me in two seconds. And they say, you know, you're you're on track or you're actually, you know, you're way off track. You need to start saving more. So those things, I think the tools that are coming on, online are really going to help people understand their finances better in the long term. It's f- from who you guys work with. Is it primarily traditional FIs or do you work with a lot of fintechs? Is it kind of across the board? Who are your primary customers? We work a little bit across the board. And what we found is that we often work with de novo or challenger banks or sort of tier two banks, which are the banks that are moving very quickly towards technology. Um, Their customers tend to expect a higher level of user experience. So calling into a call center or not really having a great digital experience is really not acceptable to their customers. And where they're also looking for ways to be able to increase the value proposition that they put forward without increasing the cost materially. So this is a way that they can that, that we can help banks do that. So that's where we often play. We work with digital banks that are based in North America and Europe and in Africa. And I think something that's been really fun that we've seen is in part because of how digital banks are built, but in, we help with that with managing the call center calls that go through. Some of our banks have been able to offer banking services to people who are formerly unbanked because there was no business case to be able to bank them. So we've seen that in South Africa where Actually, there's a whole new segment of the market where banking has become available to them where it wasn't formally available um, thanks to the technology that's being put forward and being able to offer this, a full banking suite at a lower overall cost. So that, those are the stories today that really get me excited and that I love getting to work on this company for. Yeah, that is exciting. That's, that's what it's all about is increasing the financial inclusion. There's, uh, I don't know how many billions of people that still don't have bank accounts in this world. So that's that's where... Companies like yourself, companies like Currency Cloud, and a lot of the partners that we work with is we want to, we want to figure out how we can and can get the rest of the world uh, onto a traditional financial services platform. Absolutely. Well, Natalie, I really wanted to thank you for joining us today. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day. If some of the listeners want to get in touch with Fin.ai, what's the best way to contact you guys? They can reach out to us through our media team. It's media at Fin.ai. Go to our website also fin.ai and uh, we love to connect with people love to hear ideas and love to hear what else is going on in the world of fintech i think it's an incredibly exciting time and all kinds of great initiatives are coming forward to really serve the consumer so please reach out and thank you so much for having me it was a real pleasure yeah definitely we appreciate you coming on and look forward to stay in touch with you as well as, as things develop across our industry have a great day natalie thank you thanks jeff Currency Cloud is an online payments company that makes international money transfers fast and simple for businesses. We're building a borderless future where international transactions are seamless for a better user experience. Discover the world's most trusted payment platform and our toolkit of developer-friendly APIs at currencycloud.com. You've been listening to the Payments Innovation Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe now on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening. Until next time.